Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Uncle Ray, or Ray Cadero, the world's most durable DJ, is in his 90th year and showing no signs of slowing up. You can hear his choices in music on Radio 3 from 10pm to 1am every weeknight. In this week's programme, we continue our chat in the studio. I asked him how he became known as Uncle Ray. It was during my time with RTHK, well, in those days it was RHK, there's no TV yet. I came across over from Rediffusion to, to, to Radio Hong Kong in Central. And in front of uh, Radio Hong Kong was a city hall, just a brand new building, you know, with beautiful uh, concert halls and all that. But we were in the Electra House and then Mercury House. It changed the name all the time. Uh, we had about four, four or six floors of Mercury House, Radio Hong Kong. And our concert hall there was not big enough. It was something like for six, 60 people, that's about a limit. And I ran a live show for teenagers called Lucky Dip. The idea of this show is to, to let the teenagers improve in their English and give them an opportunity to read from, uh, from the script which they ne- never have. So I, uh, so I said, well, let's, let's try it that way. So Lucky Day was like a, a barrel with all the letters. In those days, they, <laughs> there were, there were no emails and no all that. We just, they write letters to uh, request songs and all the letters get into this Lucky Barrel, Lucky Day Barrel. And then, uh, I will come around with this Lucky Day Barrel and they will pick a song, pick a letter and they will read from from what they uh, what what's in the letter, and uh, that's how they they will be, well, maybe maybe future DJs you know, and they can they can read songs and the, the dedication and all that, and that, that's how they learn their English, and uh, it was it was fascinating. This uh, series ran for four four each each uh, series is thirteen programs, and it went for four series, and. Uh, uh, Radio Hong Kong's concert hall was too small. It, got, it was so crowded that we have to rent the city hall theater because there were about 400 people and it was packed every week. There was packed. People were waiting on the outside for the tickets and all to get in. No more playing the field for me since I've met you. My heart's not free. I just wanna be exclusively yours. Once you kiss me, then I found out There's no other I care about I just want to be exclusively yours So Lucky Dip was a, a show that you did with teenagers where they could write in and, and their letters would be put in this Lucky Barrel. Did you do any other music programmes with teenagers? Uh, you, no, teenagers, no, no, because that, that was the, the, of course, I have my, my, my four hours, uh, four o'clock segment from four to six every evening from Monday to Saturday, uh, excluding Sunday. And that's the time of my, the best time of my life because I invite the teenagers to come in, the, the bands, the pop bands and all that. And they have a good, uh, good time with me in the studio. Uh, in a way, 
they learn how to speak English also by through my program. In fact, my biggest audience, uh, you will never believe, never imagine, are the taxi drivers. Oh, I know that because I, <laughs> Uncle Ray, I go go from here home in a taxi, yeah. and uh, often uh, they'll have Uncle Ray on, or yeah. they'll tell me, and this is quite true over the years, that they'll tell me that Uncle Ray taught me English really by by listening to your program. They do. They do by listening to my show. They they learn English and. Uh, and uh, good or bad, <laughs> and of course uh, they they like they they our kind of music then was the sixties music, just when the introduction of the Beatles and then came other pop bands and all that we just went on and on. I remember when I've interviewed you previously, you were telling me about uh, Emily Lau as a teenager on your show. <laughs> oh, she was a horrible kid. That's to me, like like now, she would just open her mouth and say what she wants to say. And in those days, as a teenager, she was amongst the, the, the most the naughtiest of the bunch. She would try to grab the microphone to say something, and I have to grab the microphone back from her. <laughs> That's Emily Lau for you. <laughs> when I met her, when she became uh, involved in politics. Uh, I said, Emily, were, were you the Emily who in, in my pre- Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I was the one. <laughs> Now, can you tell me, with uh, Canto Pop, did you ever move into that with with your program? Yes, I I did because uh, Canto Pop came uh, after the the the, the British sixties uh, uh, pop music, you know, uh, and. Um, it started in Hong Kong uh, just by accident. Actually, there there were no canto pop. It was all uh, pop music. Well, I, uh, mostly British, and then of course uh, followed by Americans, the Beach Boys, and all that. Uh, then uh, there was this the Hoi brothers, Sam Hoi and Michael Hoi, and uh, they they started to make films, uh, go into the film business. Michael as the, as the director, producer, Sam was the actor, because Sam was the better looking. So Michael said, hey Sam, we've got to think of a theme song for the, for the movies, because every uh, film must have a theme song. So Sam had said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll compose the theme song. So for the first time in his life, he composed a Cantonese theme for the, for the movie. And that started the, 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 the Canto pop. You know, I was in six of uh, Sam Hoy's movies, and the reason why why I was there was Michael was a producer, of course he's the brains of the thing of the show, and he said every show we must have Uncle Ray because he's our lucky charm. <laughs> so I was there. So what sort of roles would you play? Oh, it was very minor roles like a a, a, a tailor who with a with a whole bunch of uh, uh materials for for making clothing and all that <laughs> trying to sell my way as a tailor <laughs> it was funny sam broke into the scene with his canto theme music they started the canto pop but there were no genuine uh, canto composers they they just followed followed the Japanese music, the Korean music, but translated into Cantonese, you know. But there were no 
uh, not many anyway, uh, canto uh, composers and all that. And, but, but now it's completely different. Well, now they have, uh, they have a uh, th- 34 channel recorders and all that. And uh, they have good composers now. Because a lot of pop singers now, they sing, they're very, very good singers, and uh, they they have their own music, they compose their own music, so that broadened the whole field of cantopop. Do you think that, uh, you know, in terms of some of the real showmen that we've had, for example, um, you, you've known a number of them, have you, over the years? Oh, you mean uh, actors, you mean? Oh yes, a whole, whole lot, whole lot of them. <laughs> uh, I I knew all all the big ones. In my ninetieth uh, birthday, if you recall, I had this uh, Jackie Cheung, who's the who's the, he's the, he's the, he's the king of canto pop. You know, he's he's really good. Now, my producer on the Newswrap program, Matt Walsh, mm-hmm. he had a question for you. Really? <laughs> a tough one? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Justin Bieber? I think he should be locked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, he may be a fantastic performer, but his behavior has gone too much. I was driving around in his Ferrari racing in the US, I think no matter how popular, how good he is, he should be locked up. But do you think his singing's good? Uh, he's okay. Yeah, he's all, he's all right. For a for a youngster, he's terrific. But but he went overboard. And unfortunately, he went overboard, and and I think he damaged his whole whole career as a performer. Now I'll have to leave you soon to go get on with your show. But um, can you tell me over the years you met any number of greats? Of course, you're famous for meeting the Beatles. Mm-hmm. But uh, who else was up there for you in terms of people that you've interviewed? I have uh, interviewed Tony Bennett. Uh, I'm a very personal friend of Matt Monroe for the simple reason that he was, he was in the army here in Hong Kong. And uh, I, every song of the producers and Radio Hong Kong, not television yet, Radio Hong Kong gave his forces favorites, you know, gave them a chance to, to, to have their own competition, you know. And it was held at the um, military barracks, which was then replaced by the Hilton Hotel in the corner of Garden Road. We, it was a, it was a, a military uh, place there. We, we, so, we, so what decade are we talking there with Matt Munro? Uh, six, uh, mid-60s or something like that. You know? And every week he wins the competition. So it came to a point when, when nobody wanted to join because he just walked away with a prize. And you, do you know what's the prize? A carton of cigarettes. A carton. That's why he died because of smoking cancer, you know. And he won every week. So, so we had to put, give him an extra 15 minute show. We called the Matt, uh, we called the Henry, the Terry Parsons show. It was his real name. Terry Parsons show. 15 minutes and so so that the other people can can join the f- the f- uh, fun and and have their own say you know? strange 
changes in the night Exchanging glances Wondering in the night What were the chances We'd be sharing love Before the night was through Something in your eyes was so Now, out of the people that you didn't get to interview, would you have liked to interview, say, somebody like Elvis? He is the only one I missed, actually. I, I, I'm very sorry to, 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 to have uh, the, missed the opportunity because I interviewed possibly everybody that came, came past uh, Hong Kong. But he, he was never in this part of the world. He, for, he left only two years to went into Germany to serve in the army and back to the USA. So it never came to this part of the world. So unfortunately, I, I, I've never met him. What would you have liked to have asked Elvis? Teach me how to sing your way and make the, make the million dollars you make. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be all right. And what would you have said is your favorite Elvis song? Oh, I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's uh blue suede shoes you know they were, when he when he uh, recorded blue suede shoes he didn't want to record it because his uh his favorite uh artist was Carl Perkins who sang that song and he composed that song and made it a hit friends here he is very nice to have Carl on the show Carl Perkins and the trio stepping out in their blue suede shoes well it's one for the money Two for the show, three to get ready. Now go, cat, go, but don't forget. Step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything, but lay off my blue suede shoes. And Elsie and I, 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 I can't do that. So, Carl Perkins asked him, say, "Please go ahead and record it." So. So he did, he recorded, and there, there were two number ones, Carl Perkins, uh, Bruce Ray Shoes, and Elvis Presley. Of course, Elvis Presley over, overrode uh, Carl Perkins and became number one. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and I go, can't go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoes. Uncle Ray or Ray Cadero? sharing some of his memories and thoughts on music with me. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.